Welcome to the Rebel Heart Coaching Podcast, where BSN registered nurse, integrative health practitioner, and board certified life coach, Samantha Shatek teaches you how to go beyond managing your circumstances and start intentionally creating a life you love using her proven strategies. Hi there. How are you today? How are you doing, friends? It's a super amazing day. It's a lovely Sunday. It's actually rainy and cozy. And I actually love a good rainy day. It's been really hot and sunny here, and I really appreciate it. But it's just a beautiful rainy day today, and we needed it. So I will take it. Today in the episode, I'm calling it Haters Gonna Hate. And I debated about what what I should call the title of this. Basically, the biggest issue that I want to talk about in this episode is something that is near and dear to my heart and that queer and gay people typically learn this really, really quickly. And there was a situation I experienced recently, and I just knew I wanted to talk about it here on the episode. So let's dig in. So the situation that I am talking about, although it's very specific, it's not an isolated incident. This kind of thing happens every day in a million different ways to many humans, but especially to queer and gay people and GLBTQIA people everywhere. So whether you are queer or gay, or you know someone that is, and even if you don't, it would be amazing for you to listen because there is something here for everyone. So this happens randomly when you least expect it. And also there's times that we might expect it. It happens at work. It can happen at school. It can happen at home. It can happen randomly when walking down the street. And you might wonder what phenomenon I'm speaking of. Well, I will tell you. It is the constant barrage of attacks that come, sometimes physical, sometimes emotional or verbal, but the most insidious being psychic attacks. It's people who try to send us toxic thoughts in the form of hatred, judgment, anger, fear, skepticism, and other low vibrational and toxic and ill-intended projections. Here's the thing that I've realized, that we can definitely pick up on these thoughts for those of us that are more sensitive or in tune. And I believe that all of us have the ability to, on some level, we might not know that we're experiencing it, but we might have physical symptoms. And we do not have to receive these thoughts and personalize them. But unfortunately, most people, I would say, don't have the tools yet to recognize when it's happening. And if they do recognize it, they don't know what to do about it. And I just want to say that these poor humans that are sending ill will are typically limited in their understanding and in their consciousness. And they were likely fed some bullshit stories that they still believe are true about whatever story that they're believing in their head, but in particular about this incident and this episode 
it's the story that they were fed about sexuality that makes them feel uncomfortable and sometimes righteous in their judgment and hatred. And as shitty as this is, and as shitty as this is because it exists in the world, after deep reflection, I sincerely think that it's meant to be like this. I know that sounds weird, and I know not everyone that's queer or in the GLBTQIA community does not have the same experience. And this is a serious issue. Some people are beaten or killed for being gay or coming out as gay or sometimes not even coming out and being caught. People have lost jobs and friends and families. People become homeless because of this. It's a really serious problem and it's some serious hatred. And for me, I've been fortunate enough to mostly be accepted by the people in my life. And even if they're uncomfortable with it, they've been mostly loving and accepting. But for other people, it's not that easy. And so for me, yes, I've experienced hatred and other toxic and psychic energies coming at me, but it's been mild compared to some other people that I know and that we might know. But for me, what it's done, and this is over time, this isn't immediate, but for me, what this kind of hatred and judgment has done for me is for me, I've chosen to let it create a supercharged learning environment where the scenarios that play out, I let challenge me to grow, to be even more confident, to get stronger in every way, and just to get more in tune with my intuition and with myself and with my connection to source. And I am more able to accept that other people might be upset by me being who I am, loving myself and having generally good boundaries. And by the way, this goes for most other humans as well. I do believe that we're all imperfectly perfect divine beings who are works in progress, but at the same time, divine. And I just feel that the journey doesn't end. So anywhere that you are on the journey is okay. And I am not exempt, and I bet you aren't exempt from judgment or psychic attacks on other people, even if you don't know that you're doing it. If you're angry at someone and you think a bad thought and you send it to them, you could be a part of that. And so it's just this awareness of what are we doing with our thoughts and our energy? And what I want to speak to is that people who are queer and gay and in the GLBTQIA family, we have to learn early on And we have to be willing to betray others. And what I mean by betray, and I use that in quotes, what other people would see as betray others, I believe are just good boundaries. And what we have to do is when we have good boundaries and we have to disappoint or like quote unquote betray another, we do that in order to be true to ourselves. And I think that we tend to learn that really early. And we learn that people pleasing is futile, no matter how hard we try. And, you know, I think as humans, that we are all learning that very same lesson at various speeds. 
But being out and coming out as queer or gay really expedites that process. And I just want to acknowledge that other circumstances, other conditions certainly create expedited learning opportunities as well. But what I'm focusing on today is that when you come out, and I know this from experience, you are automatically now more visible. And being visible is for most people frightening. It's so vulnerable. I liken it to wearing a Band-Aid. People can visibly see when you're wearing a Band-Aid and they now know that you were wounded or injured or hurt or different in some way. And this makes us feel vulnerable or we feel that we're now knowing that people are knowing that we're wounded or we just feel flawed or less than in some ways. Yet when that scab forms with the scar tissue and all the extra fibrous reinforcements, we're going to rip off that damn Band-Aid and we're going to be way tougher than before in that area. And we are proud as fuck of that scar. And I would say that that's the metaphor is at first when you come out, it's really hard for most of us, even if people love you and accept you because most of society doesn't. And, you know, quite frankly, it's easier sometimes for most of us to be invisible, but it's way harder for us to be invisible if we're out as gay or queer, or if we happen to visibly and physically look like we defy gender norms and binaries. But here's the other thing. I don't necessarily look gay, quote unquote, and I've definitely wrestled with that. And there is a term for those of you that aren't aware called femme invisibility in the queer culture. And femme invisibility is when people who identify as queer or gay do not look that part so people don't necessarily know that they are. So it becomes this intense and ongoing choice whether to come out when we're meeting new people or not because quite frankly I have had the option of hiding in my past and not being fully disclosing that I am gay and that is something that I could just speak to and it's a whole other episode so I'm not going to dig into deep to that but the idea is that if you fit into a prescribed or acceptable societal box, it is more easy for you to hide behind your quote unquote normalcy. It's possible that you can better maybe hide your feeling of not enoughness or your neuroses that you might have or your wounds from trauma or your insecurities or your self-hatred or your people pleasing or all of the things that might be challenging for you or might be up for you on your journey. And no one necessarily has to know unless you want them to or unless they spend a lot of time with you. And therefore, I think sometimes there's not as much external pressure on other people outside of this community to change or to look at your habits and behavior and mindset as constantly as the person who is challenged every day multiple times, like people of color, like people who are disabled, like women, like people who are in the GLBTQIA community, uh, like people that have had health diagnosis and health crises. When we have these sort of situations come up, it puts 
an intensity and an immediacy and an external pressure. And it does something to our consciousness. So when people hate or judge you, and I'm sure you have felt this in your life, either overtly judging you or if they're subtly judging you with their eyes or their looks or their comments, there are typically two choices and there might be more choices, but the way I see it, there are two choices. And this goes for everyone, whether or not you're in the GLBTQIA community or not. You can either A, betray yourself, believe their judgments, let their judgments sink you in your self-esteem, and you can let your own soul shrink back and go hide in the cave of people-pleasing and insecurity without a flame. Or the other option is you can reject what they're saying, not believe it about yourself. You can rise up, show up, try to not take it personally, do the emotional work and shine your damn light even brighter. You can even use this type of hatred, I think, as fuel for your life and your dreams and for the service that you then provide to other people. I think that you can choose to change your mindset and decide that no matter what someone's throwing at you, that you matter and that your pure positive love even with all of your mistakes and faults and the things that you think disqualify you and the things that you think make you feel not enough. And you can realize that you are no more or less valuable than anyone else. And you're no more or less valuable than the day you were born. And I think that actually most people, sometime on the journey, they eventually come to terms with the fact that it's way more painful to remain in the same small version of themselves than to grow, change, be challenged, learn, and and become more of who they authentically are. I want to speak to the situation that I was a part of and that I experienced this weekend. And the scenario was a bridal shower that I went to with my partner. My partner's cousin, who is from a small town in Minnesota, is getting married in about a month. So we made the choice reluctantly, but we made the choice to go support her, focus on the love that she has for her husband-to-be, and celebrate her day with her. And even though my partner isn't super close to her in age or in connection, we wanted to do that. I mainly went along to support my partner and also just to send love and well wishes to the bride-to-be because... I have this idea and value that I do feel like we're all connected and that showing up is powerful and important. I agreed to go along. And also my partner's mom was throwing the shower and she did ask us to be there. So we felt like we were happy to do that. I won't speak for my partner here because she has her own views and feelings about it. But from my point of view, the whole thing was basically like walking into a time warp or a freaking twilight zone from start to finish. And little did I know that it would be yet another valuable yet hard knock in the school of life. So here's the deal. We entered into a small community room at the end of a local fire station. It was a beautiful, sunny Saturday afternoon. And there was still a payphone hanging on the wall when you walk in. And this community room 
it was charming in its own way, but it smelled like musty mothballs. There was just kind of an unpleasant odor. When you walk in the room in this community area, there were about five folding tables and they were set up in this relatively small space. And in attendance were all of the female family members of the bride, as well as the groom. And then it was her friends and the bridal party in the room. And it was family, close family, but also a little bit of extended family on the bride-to-be side. So what I observed is that my own conversations and the conversations all around us seemed to be mostly obligatory, surface, and awkwardly forced. And the games were super cheesy. One of the many things we were asked to do was to go around and introduce ourselves and how we know the bride. Well, of course, the reason I know the bride is through my partner, who is her cousin. So when it came to my turn, we were going around the table and I say that I'm Gretchen's partner out loud to the group of women. And I swear it was as if people choked on their own spit. I mean, how dare I say out loud and so confidently that I'm Gretchen's partner. I mean, this was apparently shocking to people. So after the shower was over, my partner shared with me later on on the ride home that she sensed in an especially intense barrage of looks by the group, scowls and general judgment. And I told her that I had to notice that people were seeming to stare at both of us, but especially her. But however, I have become quite a pro, although I'm not immune to sensing that kind of thing and then blocking out that kind of toxic hatred and judgment. In reflection, talking with my partner and thinking more about it, it just made me sad and angry and actually for a minute kind of hopeless for humanity that we are in the year 2023 and there's people that are still so limited in their thinking and in their consciousness And yet at the same time, I felt so grateful for all those people there. And here's why. The ignorant people are also my teachers in the sense that their judgment and their criticism and their hatred and their consciousness that's limited just only helps me kindle the light of my own soul even more. It helps bolster and fuel my fire of self-love. So then I feel like what I do is I have to then reach farther into the depths of my soul and of what I'm made of and into my source to do the emotional labor and the work that they refuse to do. So here's what I do. If you do that to me, I let your projections just reflect back to you so you can see them more clearly. I will not hate you. I might ask questions. I try to stay in the love, although I'm not perfect. Of course, I get angry, but I try to stand proud. And what I do is I reflect your hatred back to you, not with more hate, but in a knowing look or in my wise smile with a thousand rays of sunshine pouring out maybe in a kind word or a hug. And you know what I do? I walk taller than I did before 
past you as I go to get my next plate of soggy pasta and chips. That's what I do. And most, and of course not all, I'm not saying that this is every single queer and gay person. We all have our own journeys. But most people that have come out, they learn this so early. We have to navigate extreme hatred and judgment on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. We have to learn so many things about the world and ourselves so early. And it's at a depth and speed and a pace that was previously unmatched prior to our coming out. Many humans might take years to learn these same things, and that's okay. And it might take longer to acquire the same level of skill. And some humans never do it all, and that's okay too. I do acknowledge that we are all on our own journey, each one being perfectly flawed in its unique way. In the very end, I am just so grateful And I really authentically mean that because I personally think it's such a blessing, sometimes yes in disguise, after the anger and the confusion and the disbelief that any human can be that hateful or limited. But it's such a blessing sometimes that that cruelty and judgment that society presses up against us in a more harsh, intense, and obvious way because we are more visible And that pressure, my friend, makes diamonds. And guess what? Eventually, we all sparkle. Because we have to go through this intense trial by fire, we learn to either sink or swim. We learn and we have to accept who we are and start loving ourselves early on. And look, for most of us, I can guess and I know for myself There's a period where we don't love ourselves because it's not often reflected back in our external world to us. And some of us are lucky enough to have family or friends or people in our lives that do love us and support us and they accept us. But there's always the haters. Haters are going to hate. And this is true even if you're not gay. This is true in anything you do in life. If you're starting a business, changing careers, If you're a mom at home, it doesn't matter. You are going to be judged. But how can you accept that and not put so much weight on that? We learn. We get stronger and we learn early on that we're never going to please everyone and that there's going to always be haters and people that just don't like us. And that's okay. And like I said, that goes for everyone, for all humans. And then we start choosing ourselves more. We turn up the volume to the voices that serve us and we turn down the volume to the stories and the beliefs and the people that are not for us. We choose to accept that we can't control other people and if they don't like us, that's okay. We still try to choose love for ourselves and even for them sometimes if we can. And I think we realize that we would rather be true to ourselves than betray our own souls or try to please people that in the end can never be pleased anyway because it is a bottomless pit. And we realize, not just as the GLBTQIA community, but as humans, that the battle we are all fighting all along is with ourselves and that it was never about them. It's always about loving ourselves through it all. And that's what it is going to always be about, in my opinion. 
So I say thank you. Thank you to the haters. Thank you for bolstering my sense of having to figure out who I am. Thank you for making my sense of self and my love that much stronger in the face of your hate. And I want to encourage you to think about when someone disagrees with you, do you crumble or do you gather up your reserves and feed the light inside of you? There's two choices. It's love or fear. It's love or not love. I hope that in whatever way that you feel like you can't be authentic in your life, that you start loving yourself more. And that can look like a thousand different things in a thousand different ways. But the more you can love yourself, the better boundaries you can have. The less that you rely on external criticism or external praise, the more you can rely on your own inner connection and strength with your source, with God, whatever you want to call it. Aren't you exhausted by just having to let your self-worth and your emotions rise and fall with criticism or praise for that matter? It just gets so exhausting. So the more that we can tune in to our intuition and be in our own center, the less we rely on criticism, praise, and we don't need to necessarily accept that what someone is saying to us or about us is true. We can allow the people in our life who we trust and who are in the arena doing that thing to get constructive criticism, of course. Of course, we want to improve and grow. But we do not have to let the words and the opinions and judgments of other people control our life and control our actions. I hope you're having a beautiful day. And I love you. And thanks for being with me today. And hey, I also want to invite you to join me for my six month coaching program. I'll work with just you one on one. And I'm going to help you get the results that I know you can get. I promise your life will be different. Go to www.rebelheartcoaching.com to sign up for a consult today. I'll see you inside.